Hello and welcome to the Podex Podcast. Uh, this is a series that hopes to bring forth the voices of the people in the people and organizational development space to share about what we do and to tap into our wisdom of what inspired us to begin our journey and the journey itself to where we are today. Uh, in today's episode, we have Michelle Ow. Hello. Woo! Hello. Uh, <laughs> Hello, good to have you here. Uh, Michelle has been in the people and organizational development space uh, all the way back since 1999. And she continues to train and facilitate passionately, gently shifting herself into the space of consulting and coaching. So she took on the challenge to start businesses in this space. Um, her first company, running people development experiences in 2004, uh, another in 2007, her third in 2008, and most recently, uh, Chrysalis Private Limited on 3rd of March, 2014. Uh, that's a very quick intro to you, uh, Michelle. I hope I did not uh, butcher all the amazing stuff you have done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the introduction. It does sound like a mouthful now that you have said it. So <laughs> Yes, yes. yes. Alright. Oh, I do oh. sound very old. Yeah, I realized when I said uh, since 1999, I'm like, hmm, maybe should I put that part, which I said uh, since uh, a while ago. But <laughs> it's okay, we'll move on. <laughs> That's life. All right, let's go. That is life, correct. So I, th- I think um, for all our listeners out here, um, I know we have some questions prepared, but I would like to explore two conversations with you, um, specific to motivation first and foremost. So I think first and foremost, uh, let's go with um, this question. What motivated you to begin um, in the P and OD space, not all the way back in 1999. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the emphasis. Um, <laughs> so, so I like to tell this story. Um, mm. You know how, how, how when we were in school, when primary school or secondary school, people, teachers usually ask, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? So that's the typical question that we get. Uh, and my response is always, I wanted to be a teacher. I always have wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I always envisioned myself teaching English. Um, reading stories and writing and getting my students to write compositions and you know storytelling, performing, um, something along those lines. Mm. Uh, so that's what I have always uh, dreamed of doing. Um, if there was any inspiration or motivation, my primary school teacher was uh, one of the inspirations. My aunt was also one of the inspirations uh, for me to say, "Hey, I want to be like them, right? Um, to 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 do the work that they do." Um, of course, I don't know what happens behind the scenes, lah, right? All the marking and all the <laughs> admin. At that age, we won't know. Um, and the interesting thing, I think it pivoted when I went for my first hour-bound program. And I realized that, oh, teaching can go beyond the classroom. Mm. And the role of an hour-bound instructor is pretty much that. It's the life skills bit, which we, have, we don't actually have a lot of opportunity during our time to witness uh, people outside of the teaching, uh, circle teaching. Right. Uh, so we only know teachers teach. Uh, we don't know there's this thing called trainers or instructors or that kind of thing, right? So I wasn't exposed to it until I went for my first hour-bound program. Uh, and that then led to another two hour-bound programs that I attended. And with, 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 the, with the involvement uh, of attending and also preparing people to go for hour-bound programs, I started to delve into this uh, people development space. Yeah, so because the hourbound programs that we were preparing uh, the people for, and I was in the polytechnic then, mm-hmm. and then that we were all used. So the ones that we were, we were going for were the 21, 22 day classic challenges, and they were overseas in like Australia, New Zealand. And climate wise, the things to pack, uh, things to prepare for, uh, fitness, uh, is quite different. So we had to kind of like 
developed a training program for those people who wanted to go for these longer outbound programs. Uh, mm. And I think that was my first um, first uh, dipping of fingers into this concept of uh, people development or team, de team development, organizational development kind of concept. And then from there, then that's where I started because of the community that I was with. Uh, they started to introduce me to running camps. So for mm. those of us who are familiar with running three day, two night camps for youths, uh, that's the space that I started out with. Um, and then from there, it pretty much springboard to all the rest uh, of the types of engagements that I'm involved in. Uh, of course, with, with, with cognition that I'm not getting any younger as the day pass. So I, I actually did ask myself the questions like, um, how long can I do outdoor-based type of programs, even though I enjoy it? Mm. Right? How long can I do uh, cohort camps, you know, even though I, 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 I actually quite enjoy my time with the kids and the youth uh, in that space. Um, so that's where I started to shift more into the soft skills development, how to bring the outdoor activities indoors, uh, and then having um, more conversational like kind of programs mm. uh, so that's how the the evolving of that happened um, the motivation actually hasn't quite changed uh, perhaps just the profile or the definition of the profile changed so at that point in time when i when i want to be a teacher it was really looking at children and youth um, but i think as i grew older and grew through the process um, it kind of evolved like hey you know uh, if, if i want to do the work with children and youth actually it became more important for me to also want to do the work with the adults uh, the significant adults in the children and youth's lives um, because they form the ecosystem in which the children grow up in my touch point with the participants is a few days at most mm. yeah. um, but these like teachers parents their touch points with these youth are the rest of the 365 days of the year, right? Um, and then now that I'm in that phase, I like to joke also that I grow up with my participants. Mm. So my participants who I have taken since when they were in primary school and secondary school are now working adults. Uh, they are young parents themselves. They are you know, running their own businesses and so on and so forth. Uh, and therefore, I also shifted into the space of um, being more consultative, being more coaching in the approach in which I engage. Yeah. Mm. So I hear the evolution of your motivation. Yeah, and I also went through the OBS 21 Day Challenge. Um, it was personally one of my biggest uh, personal development experiences. Yeah. OBS. <laughs> I can only imagine how amazing OB, um, I mean, all about New Zealand was. Oh my gosh. Um, less about me, more about you now. So, <laughs> I mean, I hear about the evolution of your motivation. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, right now, as you are with Chrysalis, um, what then is motivating you to keep going? That's a very good question. Um, to be very honest, there are many times where I ask myself, why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, why am I doing the work that I do? Because it's not easy. Uh, financially, not the best uh, possible choice, I suppose. Right? Mm. I mean, if I'm perhaps in, in HR in an organization or I'm doing... Uh, L&D in an organization that's a lot more financially stable. Hmm. Uh, being out on my own, uh, there are those challenges. But what keeps me going is um, actually the small nuances that of impact that I can create. And because I am not in the organization itself, uh, I can perhaps provide a more neutral space, a more 
um, a, diff a fresh pair of eyes to the challenges that the organization might face and then put a, a, a slight different spin to how they can approach the challenges that they experience uh, mm. in their day-to-day. Right. So whether it's an individual, whether it is a collective group, uh, I think that's that's what wakes me up every morning to say what is the so two questions. I think one of the questions actually came from you, uh, Afzal. Uh, what is the what's the impact that I leave in the world today? Wow, that was like two zero one six. yeah. So that 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 yeah. question actually sparked me. Like, if I'm gonna look at things on the long term, like oh, what's going to happen in 10 years time, um, sometimes it feels very far away. Uh, but if I look at the present moment, like in this day itself, what can I, and that, that was the very powerful question that you asked. Um, I thought that was a lot manageable, a lot more manageable, a lot more fulfilling, in fact, because I could actually see in that day itself, you know, what I could do, uh, or who I can be to the people around me. Um, and then the other question that I actually asked all my facilitators that I've interacted with uh, since uh, 2004 mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is what's the legacy you want to leave behind? Yeah, so I think, that, I think these two questions come together very nicely to, to talk at the present moment or the short-term, mid-term kind of uh, situation. And then what's the legacy you leave behind is the longer-term kind of mm. uh, a viewpoint. Uh, and, and having these two questions to kind of like wake up to or to review every week or every month uh, helps to ground me, helps to um, bring myself back la, to why I do the work I do uh, in that sense. Law. Yeah. Nice. And I feel that's a very important question to for all our listeners out there to, um, and viewers also, since you're doing this on video as well, um, to think about, right, it is what motivates you, yes, but also, I mean, like what you shared, it is about the so-called end goal. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind um, as you move forward in your life? It's a very important question to, to, to yeah. look down to. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, nice. I would love to find out more about what your legacy is, but uh, we can talk about it over lunch. Uh, sure. Moving forward in this conversation, um, I, I think many of our listeners will be very curious to understand. Um, I think you tapped on this a bit earlier just now. So you talked mm. about how um, you're doing this on your own um, rather than under an organization or a company, right? Um, what would your day running your own your own movement Wednesday, <laughs> uh, look like yeah uh, and that also evolved over time um, I think when I first started out it was pretty much with the same uh, mindset or the same conditioning as what most businesses would run uh, I wake, mm. you wake up you go to the office you know you work at 8.30 to 5.30 or 9 to 6 you know that kind of hours um, and because I'm running my own sometimes it goes beyond the six o'clock mark right or it starts even earlier uh because i'm running my own business um and and what happens in that period of time typically uh is is about hang on a moment ah. hmm. uh, it's about um pretty much the kind of work that you do in, a, in an office right so we will look into gbs you know what are the deals that are available hmm. and then kind of like split the deals amongst the team at that point in time I had a team uh, and then we write the proposals we submit the proposals if there's any follow-ups then we, we do phone calls we go for meetings we 
we talk to the client, uh, we design the program, uh, and if there are programs coming up, then we prepare for the program. So the preparation for the program includes um, the printing of materials, the packing of logistics, the briefing of facilitators who will be running the program. Uh, and therefore, actually, every day is kind of same, same, yet different. Um, because the same, same part would be if it's purely at admin day, then you would do all the paperwork related type of stuff, uh, proposals, GBs, uh, finance, uh, invoicing. Um, but if it is a non-admin kind of day, so we will then perhaps go for meetings and the meetings could be back to back uh, with different clients, different stakeholders. Um, we would, if it's running the program, then that day would be very different because it depends on the, 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 the type of participants that we have in the room and the type of programs that we run. Um, so that's how it is. Um, in the recent years though, uh, and that's where the trajectory of my business has also shifted to, and I'm kind of like walking the talk uh, quite a bit uh, with regards to that. Um, I'm paying more attention to my well-being, uh, and therefore I don't um, have a strict like 9 to 5, uh, 8 to eight thirty five thirty kind of schedule. So it really depends. And I know some people will probably cringe when I say this, right? It really depends on my energy that day. Um, so if I wake up feeling a little bit more lethargic, I have a bit more room to say that maybe I take a break for a bit. Mm. I start my day slow. Um, um, of course, if there are key appointments or there are key tasks to be done, then I, I will still need to get the job done, right? Um, I think there's a bit more fluidity in how I structure my day. Uh, so I do have times that I Netflix in the middle of the day or I, or I just go for a tea with myself or I arrange uh, to meet with friends. Um, um, so there isn't a fixed kind of schedule in how a typical day looks like. But every, uh, everything else uh, pretty much is the same. If there's admin to be done, we do admin. Uh, mm. If there's programs to be run, we then focus on the uh, packing and the preparation for the program and so on and so forth. So like this Friday, I have a program in the morning. So mm. then I would be, after this, I would then be preparing maybe one a proposal or write-up to submit to the client and then uh, the program preparation, 50% of it is done and then just settling down on that. Uh, and all then all the all these preparation stuff lah, yeah. So that's how my the rest of my today will kind of like look like, yeah. Wow, I hear a lot of preparation. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So actually, just just giving a quick. I mean, to our listeners, right? Uh, on on a on an average, like if you were to average out across your whole, uh, maybe a year of work, how much percentage is in preparation? How much of it is in actual training? Training. Um. Very good that you're asking this question because nobody asked this question, mm. uh, especially clients don't ask this question. <laughs> so let's say for a full day program, uh, depending on the complexity of the program, or maybe it's not so complex. If it's a very straightforward program, perhaps you require two days of preparation. So when I say two days of preparation, that includes from the proposal phase all the way to the preparing of the materials. If it's a relatively straightforward program, hmm. um, if it's a more complex program, uh, it could easily take an entire week. Cumulatively, cumulatively, an entire week or even two weeks of work, uh, depending hmm. on how much time we need to spend to have conversation with the stakeholder, uh, how much time we need to spend uh, 
to brief the facilitators if there are other facilitators involved, if if we are co-facilitating with someone to perhaps sit down and design the program together. Uh, so all those take the back end uh, work. Um, mm. But that's also the fulfilling piece um, because when we prepare and we eventually execute it, um, it's actually very fulfilling la, to see wow. what the plan, the design, uh, and the understanding of what the client's needs is being translated into some form of action. And then from that action, then moving into something that the client could take away and then continue on their own. Um, so that's, that's something that I always find uh, the entire journey, mm. um, really ups and downs, uh, but very fulfilling. Mm. Yeah. And that is a very important or lesser spoken of appreciation of the whole process, right? I mean, if it's all rainbows and unicorns, then I know life is a bit too bright. <laughs> all need all like dark dullness and darkness is a bit ugh. It's both that allow you to pre- appreciate the other, and I think that's really a lesser known conversation, like you said earlier, um, that people don't really that we don't really hear about. Yeah. 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 So yeah. thank you for sharing that. I think that's very very valuable for all of our listeners and viewers too. Thank you for your question. Understand? I'm just a curious cat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Fluffy's in the room somewhere Fluffy Fluffy okay. um, He's not here But thank goodness He'll start scratching my legs <laughs> uh, I think this is going to We're going to go on To the last part Of um, this um, This podcast uh, Which is our final question If you have any Words of encouragement To those who are Considering to join To, to, to join the PNOD space And do the work that you do What were these words? <sighs> um Again, what I would have said last time and what I say now would be very different. I think now mm. I will say, uh, have faith, um, have patience, um, have kindness, uh, and make friends. Nice. Have faith, <laughs> have patience, have kindness, and make friends. <laughs> wow, it's so abstract, but it's. I think it's enough to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you need me to elaborate like on each of it or don't need? Uh I think whatever is whatever lands for the viewers and the listeners is whatever will land for them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, Michelle. If they want to find out more, they can contact you somewhere. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean we're all in the same Polex group. So mm. yeah, drop a drip, drop a PM, drop a DM, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. This uh, is your opportunity to give your quick pitch of your Instagram, okay? Just letting you know. <laughs> I you. Uh, yeah. So so, <laughs> so if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out through definitely the company handles, uh, which is Chrysalis, uh, Chrysalis for Facebook and Instagram. So at Chrysalis, um, which I think we might just put it somewhere because it's a different type of spelling. Mm. Um, and then if you want to, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, then you can uh, search for me via Michelle Al. Yeah. Got it. I'm sure there are a few Michelle Owls that will pop up. Uh, I'm a person who has a red blouse. <laughs> I hope that helps whoever's watching and listening. <laughs> Got it. Thank you, Michelle, uh, for, for sharing with us uh, your wisdom, your experiences, and what you've gone through and really contributing back um, in the spirit of abundance that is really a big part of um, the Podex community. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Michelle. Appreciate thank you, thank so you, much. thank you, Afsal. Thank you yeah. for doing doing your part as well in, in contributing and, and also being you know, a part of this podcast series. Woo-hoo.
Thank right, you. and thank you, everyone, all the viewers and listeners for joining us today. Uh, look out for further episodes after this as we bring forth the voices again, all the people in the people and organizational development space to share more about what we do and to tap into our wisdom of what inspired us to begin our journey and the journey to where we are today. All right, thank you again, Michelle, for being here and thank you all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, this is the Podex Podcast. Catch you in the next one.